Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We're glad you're joining us today. Stay tuned for today's message. Enjoy, and God bless. First, just want to give honor to uh, Pastor Huey, um, to Mama Ruth, to Pastor Jasper, and um, to Bondry. I just thank you all for this um, this opportunity that I have to speak, and I just pray, Lord, that it uh, that it blesses people. I thank God for my wife. She's uh, she's being a soldier right now in the back with all the children. So y'all pray for her strength in the Lord. Um, and I just thank God for this. So I won't be long. Um, I'll do the best I can to be uh, succinct and effective. Um, so let us pray. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our life. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your power. Lord, empty me of myself. Um, God, deliver your word, God, so that you may get the glory. You may get the honor. You may get the praise. And teach us how to be your people. Not to walk by fear, but walk in faith at every point in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> you will turn to Mark 10, verses 46 through 52. So Mark 10, uh, verses 46 through 52. Thank you, Mario. You got to say, I got it. You see it on the screen, say, yeah, I do. So it reads, now they came to Jericho as he went. Now, now they came to Jericho, Jericho being Jesus and the disciples. <clears throat> and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great ma- a, uh, and a great multitude, excuse me, let me read that again. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth who was coming by, he began to cry and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer. Rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, or Rabbi, that I might receive sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. We're still in our series, Journey of a Jesus Follower. But today we're going to take a slight detour from the book of Ephesians. 
today we're going to look at how to be a Jesus follower through the lens of a man um, known uh, by the name of Bartimaeus. And in his journey with Jesus, Bartimaeus dressed for success. So in our story, we see that Bartimaeus was blind, and he was a beggar. Now, the title is Dressed for Success. And so when you hear blind and beggar, those typically aren't two qualities that you put together as somebody who's successful. People who are successful usually don't have begging as a source of income. So we don't know a lot about Bartimaeus, quite honestly. And my pastor at my former church would always say, you should be biblically nosy. Ask as many questions, dig as deep as you possibly can. Do everything that you can to figure out what is going on in the story. Who is in the story? What are their parents like? What were their, um, what were their habits, good, bad, whatever they may be? Be as nosy as you possibly can. And I got to be honest with you. I was as nosy as I could be, and I'm usually a pretty nosy person. And there was just not a lot of information about Bartimaeus. Matter of fact, we don't even know what his name was. All we know that his name was Bartimaeus. Bar just means son of. So he was the son of Timaeus. We have no, we really don't know a lot about him. We don't know if he came from a rich background and then he squandered away the inheritance as soon as... Uh, as soon as he just got rid of everything, we don't know if he was come from a poor background, and he was poor all of his life, and so begging is just what he's used to. We have no clue where his family members are in this situation. We don't know if he even had any family members. We don't even know if he was blind his entire life, or if he had only been blind for a few years. All we really know is that Bartimaeus was identified by his ailments, by his social status, and by his father. There's nothing physical about this man that would lead you to believe that he's successful. Uh, there's nothing about him that say, man, he's dressed for success. I think, he, I think I want to be like that guy. We just don't see that. Every day for Bartimaeus was characterized by this. Can you help me, please? Can you help me, please? hungry. Please help. That was his life every single day. Imagine having no say-so over the trajectory of your life. Every dream that you have ever dreamed would now be limited by your disability. Every idea that you ever have or ever, every idea that ever comes to you is now seen the, through the lens of your deficiency. The best that you could hope for is to have just enough food so that you can live and dignity in your death. How could Bartimaeus envision success, let alone dress for it? Well, when you're a Jesus follower or you're trying to follow Jesus, uh, things sometimes look a little bit different than what we might assume. Amen? What we will see on our journey as Jesus followers, is that our dress has far more to do with our actions than they do with our clothes. I said what we'll see on this journey as Jesus followers is that our actions have much more to do with our, our dress has much more to do with our actions than with our clothes. Barnabas' inner makeup uh, was more important than his outward appearance. 
As we saw earlier, there was nothing about his outer appearance that shined or glimmered or even gave you hope. But just like a 2017 Ferrari with a bad engine and a 1990 Toyota Camry with a good engine, the inside matters far more than the outside. The first action that we see by Bartimaeus, the first action that showed us that he was dressed for success is that Bartimaeus walked in faith. So if you're taking notes today, that's the first point that Bartimaeus walked in faith. Bartimaeus is much more like you and I than we may first realize. And quite honestly, I never identified myself with Bartimaeus before I began to prepare for this message. However, we all have something in common with Bartimaeus. You see, Bartimaeus had never seen Jesus. It sounds profound, but it, it sounds so simple, but it's just Bartimaeus had never seen Jesus. He had only heard about him through the testimonies of others. As Bartimaeus took his position every single day, every single day, somebody would come by. Somebody would walk by and say, did you see what Jesus did? Did you hear about what Jesus did? What did Jesus do? What is happening now? Did you know that Jesus met Sister Vondria, what she was? Do you know that she was plagued by demonic influences day after day, night after night, and he brought about her deliverance quick, fast, and in a hurry? Well, what about, did you hear the other story? Did you hear about how Jesus came to Brother Jasper, and he was dealing with drugs and cocaine and women and all these other negative things, pride and lust and selfishness. And in an instant, he said, you are my son. He was free from that. Did you hear about what Jesus did the other day? He met, he met Sister Luana Wiggins, breast cancer. She needs to have surgery. But she just called on the name of the Lord. And before you knew it, she was now cancer-free. Did you hear about what Jesus did? He went to his good servant, Nabil, my friend, Nabil, stage four cancer. Everything looks bleak. He had to have his stomach removed. His life is on the line. The doctors have given up on him. But I know that Jesus is on the way to meet him right where he is. Did you hear about that man, Jesus? And story after story, day after day, as Bar Bartimaeus is just doing his thing, he hears it over and over and over again. And he hears it so much that his faith begins to arise. His faith begins to rise up in him. His faith goes further and further. And it goes so far, it does so much to him that he wants to move on. He wants to say, man, if Jesus could do all that for all those people, then what could he do for me? None of us in this room have ever seen Jesus physically. None of us have ever touched Jesus physically. But many of us in here have put our faith in him. We did not necessarily do it because of our own experience at first, but we did it because of the experiences of others in our life. Somebody else's faith got us to the point of believing in God. And someone else's faith encouraged us to put our faith in Jesus. Hearing these stories and listening to other people's testimonies increased his faith. It increased our faith even today. When's the last time you told someone your testimony? Somebody's 
deliverance and somebody's well-being is contingent upon you sharing your testimony. Somebody's breakthrough, somebody's bondage, somebody's key to deliverance is waiting on your testimony. The Bible says we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Your testimony is like a gift that God gives to you to give to other people. And if you hoard a gift, that's the definition of selfishness. Don't hoard your gift back from others. We need each other in the body of Christ. We need each other's testimony. Bartimaeus was so filled with faith from other people's testimonies that when the moment came to meet Jesus, he shouted out with a loud voice, Son of David, Jesus, have mercy on me. In other words, Bartimaeus was saying, Jesus, I know that you are the Messiah. I know that you have blessed others. Now, please bless me. Bartimaeus had not seen one single miracle. Bartimaeus had not seen one single miracle, but he walked by faith and not by his sight. See, faith isn't blind. Faith just makes you vulnerable. Bartimaeus trusted in the testimony of other people so much that it put him in a place of complete vulnerability. So all that he could do was cry out to God. Bartimaeus was clothed in faith, and I think he looked kind of good. Just my opinion. I think he looked all right. So that faith got Bartimaeus to say, son of David, have mercy on me. But that same faith also produced something else in him. It produced a perseverance in prayer. Now, as a follower of Jesus... When we dress for success, we have to learn how to persevere in prayer. Now, I'm not sure if you all caught this earlier when we were reading, but what did Jesus do after Bartimaeus cried out to him? He kept walking. The first time, Bartimaeus said, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus kept, it seems to me that he just kept going. And what did the crowd do when Bartimaeus said, son of David, have mercy on me? Be quiet. Stop it. Silence. You don't deserve to cry out to God. Shut up, beggar. It's what they yelled at him. It's what they threw at him. It's what they just put on him and pummeled him with word after word. They basically said your social status has disqualified you from having access to God. Your disability has prevented you from having the ability to communicate with someone who we, the crowd, deem as holy. Prophets don't mess with people who are poor, blind, and helpless. Nobodies aren't for God. So what do you do when it looks like Jesus is ignoring your prayer? What do you do when your friends and family say, please stop praying about this. Leave it alone. Just give it up. Just what do you do when your friends and family give up on you praying about a situation to be changed in your life? Well, I'm reminded of Jacob in the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 32, uh, verses 22 through 30. So if you will turn with me um, 
to Genesis chapter 32, and we'll start at verse 23. Oh my goodness, people still bring paper Bibles. I thought those died. (laughs) Please don't let them ever, never, ever go anywhere. And so it reads, and he rose that night, he being a man named Jacob, and took his two wives, his two female servants, and eleven sons, and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. When he took them over the brook, he sent them, he sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now, when he had saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the hip of his socket, of Jacob's socket, hip. He touched his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But Jacob said, I will not let go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And and he said, Jacob. And God said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and man and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. There's an aspect of prayer that many people don't realize. Many people don't realize that our prayer life must consist of perseverance. In this passage, we see a man named Jacob. Now, Jacob is terrified because his older brother Esau was headed straight for him. Years before, Jacob had stolen Esau's inheritance, and now Jacob believed with all of his heart that Esau was coming for revenge. So in preparation for the event, he sent his family over the brook while he stayed back. Jacob was scared. He was alone. Jacob was tired. He thought his legacy and all that he had worked for were about to be plundered in just a few short hours. What other option did Jacob have than to wrestle with God? And he wrestled with God all night. He fought so relentlessly with God that God asked him in verse 26. He said, let me go. And you know it's God because the M-E, the M is capital. God is saying to Jacob, you let me go. And Jacob said, I won't let go unless you bless me. See, Jacob's mindset was, I'm not going to let go until you, until you either change my cir- circumstance or until you change me. I'm not going to let go until you change my situation or until you change me. So what do you do when it looks like God is ignoring your prayers? You keep praying. You keep pushing. You keep wrestling with that prayer. You keep going with it. You keep fighting. You have to have the mindset that says, I'm not going to let go unless 
you bless me. I'm not going to let go until you either change my situation or until you change me. That's the tenacity we've got to have in prayer. So I can just see say, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. And I hear those demons and those devils and those naysayers saying, shut up. Don't you know your past? Don't you know what you did before? Be quiet. And you just have to get into that place. You get into that secret place, and you cry out, oh, God, have mercy on me. And those devils and those demons, they keep coming, saying, shut up. Your situation won't change. It won't get any better. Don't you see Jesus has turned his back on you? Your family has turned his back on you? Quit wasting your time and quit wasting his. But you get down in that secret place and you say, Lord God Almighty, have mercy on me. Have mercy on my family. Have mercy on what I'm going through. And eventually, Jesus will stop what he's doing. And he will turn around. You fight in prayer. You wrestle in prayer. You don't give up. You don't back down. You keep going. You keep fighting. You will prevail. You will win. You are victorious. Now, God, if God be for you, who, who, who can be against you? Who can be against What can be against you? What height? What depth? What enemy, what friend, what principality, what angel, what can separate us from the love of God? Nobody. Nothing. No sickness, no ailment, no frailty, no fault, no failure will keep us from this God. But sometimes we got to wrestle that thing. Sometimes we got to fight that thing. Sometimes we got to go to war. Some prayers we know are answered instantly. As most of us have had an experience where we prayed some, didn't even know we prayed it. We just like, man, that would be so nice. And there it goes. It just popped up. My prayer this morning was, Lord, what does this dream mean? Boom. I had no clue. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, God Almighty. Some prayers are answered instantly. But other prayers, you've got to wrestle. You've got to fight through it. You've got to go. Bartimaeus pleaded with God. He pleaded. And do you know that God has heard every prayer you've ever prayed in your life? He has heard every prayer you've ever prayed in your entire life. Every prayer that goes across the eyes, the ears, and heart of God, he listens. He hears. He's waiting on you. God delights in, the intera- in every interaction that he has with his children. He delights in that. And for some, but for some reason that we're not aware of, God is pleased with our ability and with the interaction of wrestling. Some prayers are answered instantly, but other times we've got to fight. Clothe yourself with perseverance like our friend Bartimaeus did. 
and watch God change your life. Amen. Watch him move on your behalf. We can't give up. We can't stop moving forward. We can't stop going. What if Bartimaeus had stopped? What if he only cried out one time? I truly believe if he had only cried out one time, that in that moment he would not have received his healing. Personal opinion, but I truly believe that. I, he would have missed it. But he didn't stop. He kept pressing. He kept pursuing. And he kept calling out. And he finally got the attention of Jesus. He finally got his attention. And what's the first thing that Bartimaeus did when he got the attention of Jesus? When they said Jesus is calling you. He ran to him. That was the second thing. He threw off his garment. Verse 49 says, so Jesus stood and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, be of good cheer. Rise. He is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. As a blind beggar, Bartimaeus wore a garment that let everyone know his status. This garment was honestly a symbol of who he was, an identifier for everyone who passed him by. And the first thing that he did was take off that garment. So lastly, we see that Bartimaeus dressed for success by removing the old man. And I wonder if Bartimaeus just slowly took it off. But just to engage with, like, is he calling me? And soaking in the moment. Or I wonder if just pure joy and excitement, he just flung it off and said, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. Just with pure joy. No longer did he have to have the stigma of blind Bartimaeus. In front of him. No longer would he have to sit on the side of the road and beg for money and beg for food just to survive. But Bartimaeus, with all of his hope, with all of his joy, and all of his zeal in this moment, was still blind. See, the old man for Bartimaeus wasn't him being blind. It was the attitude and the disposition that came along with being blind. It's 100% true that you can come to Jesus just as you are. But truth be told, prideful people don't often come to Jesus. They just don't. You can have no money in your bank account. You can have stage four cancer. You can have no friends by your side. But if you've got a willing and humble heart, God will move on your behalf. You will come to God and he will come to you. The old man is simply your old way of thinking. And in order to dress for success as a Jesus follower, you must remove the old man. If you never remove the old man, you will always walk around with a false sense of security. So picture this. Check this out. Imagine if Bartimaeus had kept his cloak on. He kept, he kept his cloak on and Jesus still healed him of his sight. So imagine if he still had the cloak on. And Jesus still healed him. And the cloak represents the old man. So imagine if he still had his old man, but now he could see. What would the state of Bartimaeus been? He still would have been on the side of the road, 
begging and asking for money and food just to survive. Why is that? Because the old man had not changed. The old man was still right there. He may have been physically able to see, but spiritually blind. And many Christians function this way today. Yes, Jesus has provided them with some level of spiritual experience, but they still walk around clothed in their old man. How do you know if you're clothed or still walking with the old man? Well, we can read in Galatians 5, verses 19 through 21. I'm going to read in the message translation because it it breaks it down so clear for us. I'll be reading from the message translation. How do I have the how do I know if the old man is still inside of me? Well, Galatians 5, 19 says, it is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time, i.e., out of having the old man still your best friend. You get repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temperament, a a brutal temper, excuse me, an impotence, the inability to love or be loved, divided homes, divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrollable and uncontrolled addictions, ugly parodies in communities. I could go on. And when you walk in these things, you are still clothed in the old man. When you represent this, when this is your lifestyle, when you read that and just like, oh, okay, man, I get angry all the time. And you say, that's just me? No, that's just your, if you're a believer, that's just your old man. Don't claim, don't hold to that. Don't hold to that. And it's one thing to slip up, but it's another thing to walk in these type of attitudes daily. And now because somebody prayed a prayer long, long ago, or because they grew up in a Christian household, or because some people are just plain lazy, Many people live with this false sense of security. They think they can see when they're actually blind. They think they can run when they actually can't even walk. They think they are prideless when they're actually full of pride. They think they're humble when they only think of themselves. And they think they're regenerated when they're only clothed, dead, and bald spiritually. One of the best blessings that God gave to Bartimaeus was the awareness that something was wrong and the ability to do something about this wrongness that he sensed. Bartimaeus dressed for success by removing the old man. The old man weighs us down. And a lot of times we as believers just take on this old man and it seems like it belongs, but we just need to let it go. It doesn't belong. It has no purpose in our life. It has no say-so. It may look good. It may make you feel good. It may be a part of this season. But when are you going to stop trying to impress yourself? 
because we're the only person that can help you. When are you going to stop lying to yourself? Because everybody already knows the truth about you. Dress for success by taking off the old man. Church, the old man weighs us down. Let us remove him together and pursue God with everything that we have. Amen? Somebody say dress for success. Yeah, I, I think I'm putting y'all to sleep. I'm sorry. So <laughs> let me speed it up then. I'll, I'll, I'll end with this. The last verse of that was just so amazing. It was amazing for a number of reasons, but the one reason that I picked on, picked up, was this. Bartimaeus had just done all this amazing stuff. He had walked in faith. He persevered in prayer. People name calling, saying, shut up, you stupid person. I hate you. Go die somewhere. He just kept crying out. He undignified himself. He did all this. He threw off the old man. He did all this before Jesus put a hand on him. He did all of this. He persevered in prayer. He walked in faith. He had an expectation from God. He removed all this. And Jesus had not even touched him yet. Blew my mind when I realized that. But something even more interesting happened. After he was healed, verse 52 says to him, Jesus says to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. I wonder when was the last time, if ever, Bartimaeus had followed anyone unaided. Now I believe followed here means both, he both physically and spiritually followed Jesus. But there's a powerful yet hidden truth in this verse. For such a long time, Bartimaeus had to deal with this blindness. He had to wrestle and he had to fight with it. Day after day, week after week, he had to try to get over this blindness and over this ailment. He was tired of being a burden to people. He was tired of living his life this way. But now he was free from his blindness and was able to follow Jesus of his own accord. Unaided, no help, nobody was around. He was able to follow him by himself. The hidden truth in this passage is that Jesus offers rest to those who are wrestling with him. He offers rest to those who are in their lowest moments. And he offers rest to those who follow him. Psalms 34 and 18 says, The Lord is close to those who are brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. We see that in the life of Bartimaeus. He kept going. He pursued and he followed Jesus even after his miracle experience. And when you are dressed for success in God, you are clothed in his peace. Jesus himself will clothe you in his peace. When you dress for success, you get to have rest. And I'm not talking about works-based salvation. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is you're as spiritual as you want to be. You determine how much of your life you yield to God. You determine how much of life you give over to him. But as long as you are holding back portions of your life from God, he's holding back portions of rest and moments of rest, not only in your life, but in everybody's life who's connected to you. Because you affect others. And when you're restless, others are restless. 
But Jesus wants to clothe us in peace. He wants to clothe, uh, clothe us with him. And I encourage everyone in here today, be dressed for success. Walk in faith. Persevere in prayer. Pursue God. Love him. Follow him. Cling to him. Remove the old man. And as you dress for success, God will clothe you in his peace. As you dress for success, God will give you the peace you've been asking and longing for. And maybe you got a bad report from the doctor. Maybe you've been struggling with an addiction year after year, moment after moment, day after day. Maybe you've been saved for the last 30 years. Regardless of where you are in life, allow God to dress you with beautiful robes of righteousness. When God clothes you with righteousness, you don't even get to see it sometimes. But everybody around you says, look at that. What a beautiful creation. I was listening to Pastor Jasper's testimony, and I'm like, it's so amazing that you don't, we don't look like what we've been through. Because you've been clothed in God. I was listening to Sister Joe's testimony on Wednesday, and I'm like, how long you been saved? Didn't believe it. But my God, my God, he will clothe you with something new. He will put on a robe of righteousness that is so beautiful to his eyes. He will put on peace and rest in your life that will change and change those around you. Allow God to clothe you with righteousness and let him transform everyone. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We pray that you have been encouraged and empowered by today's message. If you would like to learn more about our church, please visit our website by going to r4sq.org. We pray you have a great week. God bless.